Hi, everyone. Welcome into Primetime TV Show. I'm your host, Barbara Marville Kelly, and today I actually have a different co-host today because we're doing a special edition called Ask the Attorney, the real estate attorney, and we have none other than the amazing, honorable Mr. Andy Lyons. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I mean, I was so excited when you said, yes, you will come on and we will play on TV and educate people on what's happening in the real estate market, and I really appreciate that. I've known Andy for a number of years, and I've really gotten some good vibes from him, and he's, a, he's really a real, real neat guy, great family guy, but you've also had your practice for 20 years. Yeah, well, I've been practicing law 20 years. I've had my own law firm for the last 10 years. For the last 10 years. Yep. And it focuses really entirely on solving real estate problems, is right. the best way I can describe that. You mean we have real estate problems? We really? sure do. <laughs> Especially yeah. today, right? Yes. Um, okay. Most of what I do actually spawned from problems folks have with mortgage companies. Ah. Um, that is a big problem for folks out mm -hmm. there. Um, how to deal with them, um, how to work with them, um, what to do if they get behind on their mortgage. Um, so a lot of the counseling that I do really stems from um, saving homes. Saving uh, homes. Yeah. And that, that can be, you know, the one thing about homes is, is homes are where our heart is. And when we feel threatened, I mean, it's kind of a scary situation. So if you've ever found yourself in that situation, you may want to connect with Andy because I'll tell you what, he really does help you sit back and just get educated. And that's what I wanted to talk to you about because you're really big on education because that really gives us the upper hand. Now, when we were talking a little bit before the show, you said there's kind of like a fear factor there, right? Yes. So most of the time, my clients have what, what I call the fear of the unknown. Mm -hmm. um, they don't know if they get, for instance, if they get behind on their mortgage, what can the bank do? Um, can the bank take their home? Is the sheriff just going to come? Do they have an ability to try and keep their home? And there's just nowhere to go to really get good answers mm -hmm. to these questions. Mm -hmm. um, so most of the time, what I'm trying to do is just educate my clients. What I've found is that if I can give them the tools and the education they need, then yes. we can solve problems. It's as long as they know where they are, good, bad, or indifferent, sure. knowing where you are and understanding why you're there and having a plan to get out um, is really important to my clients. Um, so that begins with education. That begins with teaching them um, about, for instance, the different things that they can do to save their home. Um, one of the things I like to do is just by, from an educational standpoint, um, teaching people about um, what I have nicknamed the big four. Um, and what I'm really talking about now is what happens when you get behind in your mortgage. Um, and what I found is that no one really decides not to pay the mortgage. That's the last thing that goes unpaid. Mm -hmm. Something goes really wrong. Uh, someone gets sick or there's a death or someone loses a job and people get one or two months behind. And then they call the bank and they say, hey, I'm ready to make my payment now. Let's get back on track. And the bank says, oh, no, no, you owe us three or four payments and it's now $10,000. Um, but the folks don't have that right now. Um, they've just got back on their feet and the bank won't work with them. And the next thing that happens is the bank files the foreclosure action. Um, so I like to start maybe with what is a foreclosure? Um, a foreclosure is essentially where the bank is suing to take your house and sell it to pay themselves back. Um, um, what's interesting is if they don't get enough money back, they can sue you for the difference. Um, <laughs> so 
Dealing with all of that is really important for my clients. Making sure that doesn't happen is really important for my clients. Um, so we try and do foreclosure avoidance strategies. Um, I have an, an entire modification department of my law firm dedicated to saving homes. That's all that they do. I call them the mod squad. The mod squad. the mod squad. I love it. Um, and what I have found is that most people come to me after having tried to work with their bank and they can't get an answer and they keep submitting the same documents over and over again and the bank loses them or won't give them an answer. Um, it's my opinion that the banks do that on purpose that they'll make it so frustrating that you just give up and walk away from your home. And that's exactly what they want. Mm -hmm. um, that is the last thing that my clients should do. Um, we've kind of taken upon ourselves to create a system to lock the banks in, to not give them any ability to give excuses. They cannot tell us, the law firm, they didn't get something that I just got to them in electronic format. They, there's no escaping that. Um, so by creating a system to get through a lot of the red tape, um, has brought incredible results. Um, uh, I think 95% of my clients get modifications that, that, that try because the bank realizes it's in everyone's best interest. Of course. Um, and the way a modification works is usually there's no lump sum due. It's just you're going to start making your new mortgage payment starting next month and everything goes away. Well, the question will be, what does that loan look like? Yeah, where um, does that go? Where does the money go? Is the, so usually we're after some principal reduction. We're after the bank dropping what you owe to bring it closer to fair market value at least mm -hmm. to make this a deal that's good for both sides. Um, usually we're trying to bring down that monthly number as well. The monthly payment that you're making um, is usually straddling some folks and that's, that's hard. So if we can get that monthly number down and make it more affordable, it makes it more affordable to stay. Um, so there's a lot of times where we're working on trying to keep the home and trying to work with the bank. Um, but I also try and use myself as leverage, I guess is the best way I can describe it. I fight foreclosures for a living. I built a whole law firm fighting and beating foreclosure cases. We win um, uh, a lot of the cases we fight. Um, and the banks don't like that at all. Um, that, that's very bad for them. It's very expensive and my clients stay in their home. Um, so the bank now has an incentive to work with my clients that they didn't before, essentially because I'm in the way. Um, and I'm forcing them to prove their case the right way, which they probably won't be able to do. Um, um, but this then brings some leverage to my clients because mm -hmm. now the bank says, okay, it'd be better to have some money coming in than all of this money going out. Um, and they protect their investment and my client keeps their home. I mean, that's a win-win for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and so trying to structure those deals, we use mediations sometimes to structure those. Um, that, that's an effective technique too. Um, so that's if my clients are trying to save their homes. But sometimes there's no saving the home. In other words, it needs a new roof and it's too expensive to put it on or it needs too much in repair or it's so far underwater, meaning we owe so much more on it than it's owed that there'll never be any catching that loan. Um, at that point, I'm trying to look at options for my client that are a little bit different. And then we kind of move into the area of short sales. And so I educate them about what is a short sale. And a short sale is essentially where you're selling your home for less than you owe. Mm -hmm. um, the trick is to get the bank to let you walk from the difference. Mm -hmm. And that's typically where I come in. Um, but this is a cleanup, as I call it. This is a good way to get the property out of your life and get the debt out of your life, start fresh and move on. Um, without having a foreclosure on your credit or your record uh, sure. at all.
Sure. Um, so there's some different strategies. It's a very case-by-case -case basis. Mm -hmm. um, it really requires me sitting with every client and talking about what the goals are and what the plan is. Um, because we can go into battle and fight a foreclosure, but I like to have a, an exit strategy. I like to know why we're doing this. What's our goal? Um, and so having that discussion with my clients is really important right in the beginning. Um, because if the goal is to save the home, we want to start on that right away. Um, so depending upon what the client needs or wants to do may, may determine what we do with the property in that situation. And that makes, a whole, that makes a whole lot of sense by finding out what the goal is because, who wa I mean, who wants to leave their, their nest? That's our nest, especially if you've been there for 10, 15, 20 years or whatever. And like you were saying earlier, you're faced with job loss, death of a spouse, or whatever the situation is. So are you finding that the, the people that do want to save their home... Um, it just depends on what, what the timing is with the real estate market. I would guess that has something to do with it, yeah? It does, and, and it even changes by lender. So mm. some lenders I found really great to work with, um, and some are much more difficult to uh -huh. work with. So it kind of depends on who their lender is. It depends upon what their financial situation is. It is a very kind of a case-by-case -case situation. Yeah. Um, but that being said, um, you know, the, the, the process is very similar. Uh, the process and submitting the documents and chasing it down and the hours on hold and the fighting with the bank people, that, that doesn't seem to change. Um, that, that seems to be the same across the board. Um, but yes, it's a very kind of a case-by-case -case basis, which is why I think it's very important to educate people. Because right. if I can teach them about their different options, then yes. we can kind of choose from those options. But without knowing what they are or how they work, it becomes, and that's the fear factor. That's the fear of the unknown. Yes. The one thing that keeps my clients up at night is the fear. And we're talking mm -hmm. about the roof over their head, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So that's scary. Um, that's different than a car or a, a pen or a watch or something. Yeah. Um, this has, as you said, our home, an emotional attachment to yeah, it course. as well. Of course. Um, but we have to have a living expense somewhere. So mm -hmm. if we're not here, we're going to have to rent somewhere. Mm -hmm. Why would we pay more in rent than we could otherwise pay in a mortgage and just stay right where we are? And that is so very true. Hold that thought because I know we have some housekeeping to do here mm -hmm. in just a second. We're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we have more little things to discuss here with Mr. Lyons. And if you have any questions, if you want to give us a call, you can call us on our call-in number, 813-982-4049. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll have more for you right here on Primetime. Stay with us. At a certain age, so this is supposed to happen. No, it's not supposed to happen.
Hi, I'm Jerry from Hot Locks Hair Salon. We are conveniently located at 13414 US Highway 19 in Hudson. I've been a local hairstylist in our community for the last 34 years, seven of which I was an educator. Our passion is the artistry of hair, and Hollox is here to help you achieve your perfect image. You can call us at at a certain age so this is supposed to happen no it's not supposed to happen you aren't even a drop in the bucket to them wow so yeah oh nope. hi <laughs> we're back i didn't even hear you welcome back into uh primetime tv i'm barbara marville kelly and with me is andy lyons real estate attorney answering a lot a lot of questions here and i want to give this call-in number for you in case you do have uh, any questions for him 813-982-4049 during the break and then some we're really getting into a conversation about what's happening uh whether you think you might be losing your home or you don't understand what a modification is if maybe you lost a spouse you've reduced income, maybe lost a job, or maybe even sickness. Uh, your health situation can affect the income, which in turn affects your nest, your home. And I often say this, home is where the heart is. And believe me, I understand what it's like when you come up with different challenges. So what I love about having Andy on the show is he has a heart for what he does. And you can go into his office right here in town have a consultation, a complimentary consultation, but I thought we'd just kind of get started on the airwaves and using our platform here on Primetime to bring this special edition for you because I, I want you to sit back and really focus in on what we're going to be talking about now because during the break I asked Andy, well, what if what if a client happens to, ha they're already on one modification, maybe they've already had two or three. You know, we're in the state of Florida here. We're considered a disaster state after Armageddon, if you will. So I want to I want to pose this question to Andy once again. I want you to share. Um, can somebody, if they're already on a mod right now, and they still got behind on that, and the bank says, "Well, you don't qualify for a mod until this date next year," then what? I, I hear that a lot. I call it the multiple modifications. Um, um, <clears throat> I have many clients on their third and fourth 
modification. Because when they got the original modification, the financial situation was different, either in terms of the value of the property or in terms of what they were earning um, or any number of financial situations that can change along the way. Um, and so a change in circumstances might mean that that modification that they had is no longer affordable. Or they may want to see what the bank has to offer now, because we're seeing some really good modification programs now. Um, that second attempt, third attempt, um, I hear all kinds of misinformation about. There is no law that says you can't have another modification. There's no law that says you have to pay on this modification for so long until you can get another modification. Um, these are arbitrary bank rules that different banks will make up, make up, literally make up, uh, and change at will. So they just change it as they go along? They do, and I've seen it happen. So there's, this is a true story. I had a bank, I was trying to get a client a modification and it was the month of January last year. And we're pushing, we're pushing, and everything's in and I don't understand why we're not getting a result. Um, and so I started to really push the issue and, mm -hmm. uh, and, and use the court system to help. And I heard from the bank representative something very interesting. Um, he said, your client lives in an even zip code. The last digit's even. I turned my what? head. What? Well, we only give modifications to even zip codes in even months, and this is February. How's that for arbitrary? Oh, my now, goodness. Now, if you're applying for a modification and you don't know that, you think you got denied in the month of January. You don't know that you would have been approved in the month of February. You don't know to keep this thing alive until you get to February to try it. You just know what they told you, which is no. Um, you need to dig further. I, I, we have to dig further into those reasons why to be talking with the bank during the process um, to find out uh, these things. So, but that's a perfect example of the randomness of the banks. They, because there's no law in place that forces them to give a modification. We used to have something called HAMP, the Home Affordable Modification Program. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't really a law. It was more of a suggestion. But... Um, at least it gave some guidelines and some parameters and put some pressure on some of the banks to give some of these deals to people. Well, that's gone. Um, and with that gone, it's entirely up to the banks to determine when they want to give a modification, if they want to, on what terms, and they can do something different for one, one person and something totally different for another that might otherwise look exactly the same on paper. Um, it's up to them. So I've learned <coughs> to give my clients some leverage, to give them, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Um, if you're just another number floating through, then that's probably how you're going to get treated. Um, the, the, the idea is to not become a problem child, but to get some attention to yourself and to your, and to your problem. Um, because what that will end up meaning is money to the banks. So every time I find myself scratching my head saying, why would the bank do that? The answer is always money. They mm -hmm. are greedy. They don't care about you. They don't care about your house. They don't care where you go. They don't care where you live. They care about their money. So if ever we are wondering, well, why wouldn't a bank do this? Or why would a bank do this? The answer is they found a way to make more money by doing it or not doing it. Um, so the job that I often have is to level the scales, is to make it so that my client gets the attention that they need in order to save their house. And that's all we're ever after. Right. Uh, it's right. not, we're not trying to win a free house. Um, we're just trying to get everybody back on track um, and protect an investment both for the bank and for my client. Um, um, in a way to save the home. But it's, again, very case-specific, very lender-specific. Some of the bigger lenders, believe it or not, are easier to deal with than some of the smaller lenders. How about that? Um, Why and is you that? You wouldn't think that, right? You'd think, oh, big bank, they're impossible to deal with. Right. Well, 
interestingly, the big banks get a lot of government bailout money. And they're huge and they have so much money that we aren't even a drop in the bucket to them. But the smaller banks are much more affected by the economy and the changes uh, in the housing market. Um, the big banks also have um, some interesting things that have happened to them. Um, some of them recently you've heard about have been fined by the U.S. government for their bad mortgage practices. Yes, yeah, yes, absolutely. We're hearing absolutely. about that a lot. Yes. Um, and what's interesting about that, though, is the government will say, okay, big lender, we're, we're fining you um, $500 million for all the bad stuff that you did. Um, but there's a catch, because there always is. Um, the government said to these banks, I'll tell you what. For every dollar you agree to reduce principal on a modification and not come after somebody for, you can take $2 off the tab you owe us. So if they agree to reduce yeah. your principal on your loan by $100,000, they can take $200,000 off the tab they owe the government and take a $100,000 tax deduction and protect the, the investment on the rest of the debt that you're still paying on. But that's because they're a big giant bank that got themselves in some trouble, mm -hmm. which strangely has become to my client's advantage. Um, so knowing the banks and knowing how they work and when they work uh, has become a really critical information factor in, in, in all of this and, and how to deal with them. Um, but the hard part is, is that it's random. Um, and often my clients find that when they try to deal with the banks, they get an, a representative that may not even be in America and that really doesn't care, to be honest, about them or their house or their whole life. And for most people, their house is their life. I mean, we lose that, we have a real problem. Mm -hmm. um, so they end up dealing with folks that just don't care. They may or may not work there next week. Uh, they're not really paying attention to the documents. They're not really even reading what's in front of them enough to submit it into the underwriting department. Um, and so I see a lot of sabotage happen in the, in the early part of the process. I call those people the gatekeepers of oh, the bank. Oh, yes, yes. You've got to get through the gatekeepers to uh -huh. get to what we call the underwriting department. Mm -hmm. um, that's who's going to make all the decisions. Sure. Um, but you don't get there unless you get through the front line of defense. Um, so that battle, uh, a lot of people are very, very frustrated in dealing with. But it, it works the same no matter how many times you want to modify um, to get back to the question of multiple modifications, um, yeah, I think every single case is taken on an individual basis. I encourage, and I, you're right, I talk to people free. Sit down and we can talk about, hey, what does the loan look like? How much do you owe? What is the property worth? How much are you earning? Um, because all of those are going to be factors in the formula that gets plugged in to figure out whether you get a good modification or not. And if we do that math and it turns out to say, I'm not so sure, then we may not want to default on our existing modification. Sometimes my clients don't have a choice. They just can't afford to make the payment anymore. And it speaks for itself. And we've got to get them another modification to save the home. Um, so yes, I've got clients, some with four or five, I think, at this point. Um, because they're trying to do the right thing. They're of trying course. to keep their home. They're trying to work with, within their budget. Um, yes. Um, sometimes they just need to, the bank just needs a little push yes. um, in order to respond. Yes. And, and I, I, it's, I love hearing the way you're explaining this because as a client, it's easier to understand. And then it, it sort of, as you said earlier, it takes you away from the ledge. Yes. <laughs> so I call it coming back from the ledge. Educating, just like we're educating. doing. Educating my yes. clients pulls them back from the ledge. I, I, you know, I try and say, you know, take a deep breath. We're going to work on peace of mind today. Yes. Um, because they are. They are at the ledge. 
They are not sleeping well. They are not eating right. It is bad self-care. Mm -hmm. And so I get on them about this, believe it or not. I talk mm -hmm. to them about self-care and sleeping and eating right because the bank isn't going to do it for you. No. Um, no. You have to take care of yourself first. Um, and they're not used to hearing that. Yeah. Um, they're not used to hearing that there's a global picture here. Yes. Um, um, you know, health comes first. Um, of course, that's because I'm on their side, not on the bank side. But Of um, course. Of course, but that that's the heart that we talk about that you really do care for your clients and it's it's evident. And when you're laying a <laughs> Laying awake at night, worrying, are you going to be able to make those house payments? Are they going to come and take the house away? Guess what? It may not be as bad as you might think, right, Andy? That's right. Not only that, I have now hired an attorney I have on staff to sue the banks for trying to collect stuff that they shouldn't. So all too often, my clients will get behind and the bank is sending them some statements trying to get more money from them than they actually owe. Um, that's a violation. That's a Fair Debt Collection Practices Act violation. Um, so we sue the banks now. Um, I've taken it upon myself to sue back. I'm tired of them harassing my clients and calling them and sending them letters and trying to collect money that they're not owed. Um, I just decided it was time to fight back. So, Good for you. So now, typically, if my client is going to come to me with a problem with the bank, strangely, they're going to end up being the plaintiff suing that bank for money um, mm. because inevitably the bank doesn't think that you're going to go to a lawyer and they don't think anyone's going to check and 95% of the foreclosures are going to go through without a lawyer ever seeing it. Um, and you were saying five, only about 5% will contact an attorney. Yeah, only about 5% of the people that are behind or in trouble or soon to be behind or in foreclosure will contact a lawyer because of fear. It fear. is. It's fear. It's mm -hmm. fear of the unknown. They don't know that there's a resource to talk to. They don't know that there's someone to call. They don't know that there's answers out there. That's right. Um, and they'll, you know, they'll jump online or they'll get some bits and pieces of information, which will only increase the fear. Exactly. Because unless you have a big picture and someone to piece this together for you, mm -hmm. it's almost impossible to find the way. And the banks are not going to help you. No, uh, with no. This. They're just going to just take your house. So, so we have one minute before our next break. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Um, should people be fearful of the, if, you, if, if a client goes and talks to an attorney and the bank knows that they're talking to an attorney, does that put them lower down on the totem pole? Does that put them in a precarious situation or is that not a fair question to ask? Okay. Um, <laughs> I think depending upon why and how the contact happens. Okay. Um, there's times when it will really, what we call, escalate them. It'll get them in front of someone who can solve their problem. Um, there's times when I can get to people that my clients just can't. That's what uh, I wanted to hear. Yeah. That's what I wanted to know. We have just a few seconds to uh, take a quick little break, and we hope that you'll be able to stay with us. Isn't this wonderful information? I, I tell you, I, I, I could sit and talk to you all day about this, and um, we're going to take a break. Stay right where you are. Grab that cup of coffee or your favorite beverage. Come on back because this last half hour is going to be powerful with Andy Lyons. at a certain age so this is supposed to happen no it's not supposed to happen
Hi, I'm Jerry from Hot Locks Hair Salon. We are conveniently located at 13414 US Highway 19 in Hudson. I've been a local hairstylist in our community for the last 34 years, seven of which I was an educator. Our passion is the artistry of hair, and Hollox is here to help you achieve your perfect image. You can call us at 727-514-9978. at a certain age so this is supposed to happen no it's not supposed to happen hi everyone welcome back into primetime tv i'm barbara marville kelly with me is andy lyons from the lyons law group we're talking about real estate law and i'm very excited to have andy with us because you are like so enlightening things that i never knew things that maybe you never knew so we're going to be talking about what's happening in the real estate market and and then we're also going to have you give we're not giving any names or anything uh but i was just saying during the break how when andy wins his cases he just goes on and and just blasts it out on facebook you know and it, it's so exciting because it just shows that your firm knows what you're doing with all these years of experience and everything. So where do you want to go? Is you want to talk about the real estate market or do you want to start talking about a couple of these cases? I want to make sure that we get, get know, these. And I haven't heard these yet. War stories are more fun. I know, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just that all the talk of the modifications makes me think of a case um, that I just finished recently. Um, and I, I litigated the case for about two or three years in foreclosure, the whole time saying to the bank, just give us a modification. Just give, and they wouldn't. So I fight and I keep fighting. Well, eventually I was successful and they gave my client um, a modification. Um, and they sent it to him and he was thrilled. It, it reduced his principal by $150,000 and it was what we look for. A 2% interest rate over 40 years and a great, it's just fantastic. Home run. Um, and so he signs it, he sends it back, he makes his payment. The next month goes by, he makes another payment. And then the bank sends him another modification. And they said, oops, we got the math a little bit wrong. This is the one we need you to sign. Principal goes up by over $200,000. Payment go almost doubles. Uh, and my client comes to me and he's in tears. And seeing a grown man cry is very difficult. But his whole family is there. And he's really worried that this is what the bank is going to make him do. Um, 
So I took that case before the judge and we brought in witnesses and a notary and I called the bank representative and I called everybody down there and proved, hey, we have a deal. A deal's a deal. My client did what he was supposed to do. He sent it in um, and the judge forced him to do it. The judge said, no, I'm not going to let you get away with that bank. You sent this to him. He signed it. He sent it back. A deal's a deal. You have to do it. Stuck with it. Um, and so the bank said, you know, reluctantly, okay, and we left. And then they took an appeal. Hmm. So it goes up to the appellate court, uh, the, the court which is above the trial court. And the appellate court was even more angry than the trial judge oh. that this had happened. Um, and so, of course, they did not win their appeal. The, uh, and, and the client keeps the home under the existing modification. Oh, and they also have to pay all my attorney's fees that it took to make them do it. Well, well, why shouldn't they? Actually, had had yeah. my client gotten what he was supposed to, he wouldn't have needed to hire me. Right. Um, so now the bank has to pay his bill. Um, rightly so. Yeah. So that's fine. Um, there's times when I catch the bank in all-out fraud. Um, I have them, there's something called a, a promissory note that you sign when you get a house, and it's your promise to pay a certain amount of money. Sure. And then there's also the mortgage, which is the thing that connects that promise to pay to the house, so that if you don't pay on the promissory note, the bank can foreclose and take your house and sell it and pay themselves back. Um, all well and good. Every time my clients usually go out and get a loan, it's with some company, but it never stays that way. It trades, it changes, they pass it from one to the next. Mm -hmm. And every time that happens, they're supposed to create something called an endorsement on the promissory note, a signature, just like a blank check. They sign it and they pass it on. Um, except the banks don't always do this or oh. don't always do it right. Oh. Um, but because 95% of the foreclosures don't are uncontested, they don't have a lawyer on the other side looking at it, I don't know how much they really even look at what they're filing. So they file a promissory note that was still back with the original lender, even though the new lender is three lenders from them. Um, and then we're, we're gearing up for trial, and then shows up this new promissory note with stamps on it, trading it from A to B, B to C, and C to D. Um, that had to have been created after the lawsuit was filed. After the fact. Which is illegal. Not illegal. It's not, th that means the foreclosure needs to be thrown out. And it was. And so we proved to the judge that the bank had altered the note um, and the judge threw out the case. I have a client who's two different banks sued him on the same promissory note. Because these things trade so much, they can't themselves keep track of who has it. Two different banks sued my client at the same time on the same mortgage and note. I can't believe that. True story. Now, meanwhile, I had both of them thrown out and both of them paid his legal bill. Um, but that being said, that's the kind of stuff that goes on and most of it goes unchecked. I mean, if only a small portion of it even comes to me for me to sift through and find all this stuff, it makes me really wonder what's happening out there that no one's looking at. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And that's the sad state of affairs when people are going through those tough times. It's bad enough that... They're going through them, and like you said in the beginning of the show, you know, people don't plan on not paying their mortgage. Correct. And so they find themselves in that situation to where they they really should take a look at speaking to an attorney that has some some real good grassroots proof that they, that you know what you're doing, yes. and and that's. That's why we're here doing the show today is to really educate people so that they, they can have more hope and not feel as hopeless and know that it 
may not be as bad as you may think, but you really blew my mind when you said that even though you may have one modification in place yep. and you just sign for it for the next two years and it doesn't ex it expires in two years, if I understood you com correctly, you can piggyback over top of that and try and work on getting another modification. Yes. yes. In fact, I have cases where the bank is filing the foreclosure action after the third modification. So there's, there's not only do they do it, they do it all the time. Um, so yes, we do multiple modifications. And really, it, 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 it only makes sense. I mean, there's no point in losing the home and going to default and causing all the damage to your credit um, if there's a way to save it. Right. Um, and the bank protects their asset. And not only that, the truth is this. This is an interesting way. This is really interesting. So when you go behind on your mortgage, you are what we call bad debt now to the bank. Good debt are the people that are paying, bad debt are the people that are not. Okay. Um, yet even the people that are in, in behind on the mortgage, their loan gets sold from bank to bank. And you ask yourself, why on earth would any bank buy something that's in foreclosure or that right. they're behind on? That doesn't make any sense. Right. The reason is because they're sold in bundles. So if oh. a bank wants to buy a bunch of loans, they've got to take 95% good and a chunk of bad. So they don't leave that old lender with all bad loans, which is part of what caused the crash. Um, so now they've got to take some of the bad with the good. Um, but what do they do with that bad? Well, they've certainly come up with an answer. Right now you're bad debt. And that is worth maybe 30 cents on the dollar. I'm making it up at this point, but not much. Mm -hmm. But if that bank can get you to modify your loan and pay, you have now become good, good debt. debt, which is worth 80 cents on the dollar. Ah. So the same bank who bought something for really cheap because they had to, then goes to the homeowner and says, hey, let's make a deal. If you start paying on your mortgage and the moment you modify and pay on that mortgage, they're going to sell your loan to somebody else, which is fine. Mm -hmm. The new lender has mm -hmm. to honor the agreement. Right. Um, but I see that happen time and time again, and that's because the banks were able to cash in on the ability to turn bad debt into good debt, which is fantastic for my clients. Of course. Because that's how I'm convincing the banks to, to take something bad and make it good. You know, the, the sow's ear into the silk purse. Right. The way to do that is, is to kind of create some monetary incentive for the bank as well. Mm -hmm. um, so depending upon the client situation will kind of dictate the best course case um, by case case by case yeah. there's sometimes when my clients don't even want to stay um, they mm -hmm. just want to go and they don't want to live there anymore they want to move to another state mm -hmm. um, there's times then that I talk to them about renting out the house and they look at me like I'm crazy um, I've actually created a lease just for the situation I've nicknamed it Andy's foreclosure lease <laughs> sorry Love it. Um, we have three minutes I, all right but okay. what it says is tenants everything is your responsibility so that if the roof leaks, don't call me. If the air conditioning breaks, don't call me. The bank's eventually going to take this property. But it gives a tenant somewhere to live for sure. a lot less. Sure. And it means my client has some income coming in from yeah. this thing. Yeah. Um, just different ideas outside the box right. that I try and work right. with with my clients. Um, again, sometimes my clients just want to deed it to the bank and go. That's called a deed in lieu of foreclosure. Right. Um, there's certain things we have to make sure that happens with that, but that's a potential solution to this as well. Um, so... For me, fighting the banks and winning at trial has given me a lot of leverage. The banks know me. The law firms know me. It's the same ones over and over again. Um, and so they know that it's either going to be work it out or it's going to be a battle, which is going to be very expensive. Yeah. Um, and so that, more than anything, is what I try and bring to bear. 
think I called you the gladiator on Facebook <laughs> one time. I, I, I've been David and Goliath. I've been David, you know, with the, with the slingshot. Well, you, you yeah. I mean, you really do. And that's what a client wants is to have somebody that they really can believe in and trust. Well, that and the banks have huge white shoe law firms working for them with hundreds of lawyers. My clients sure. have nobody. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's hardly anyone out there willing to take up those cases. You don't see a lot of sole practitioners willing to take up those cases because they haven't found a way to win. Mm -hmm. Most people don't think you can win foreclosure. Mm -hmm. um, we win them all the time. See, that's, that's music to my ears. Yeah. Well, it's time to take a break again. And then we have one last little segment here, but it's a powerful segment with Andy. So stay with us. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the real estate market, how you can get in touch with Andy, go in and sit with a complimentary interview and just, you know, take a deep breath and know that things could be better than what you think. We'll be right back. at a certain age so this is supposed to happen no it's not supposed to happen Hi, I'm Jerry from Potlocks Hair Salon. We are conveniently located at 13414 US Highway 19 in Hudson. I've been a local hairstylist in our community for the last 34 years, seven of which I was an educator. Our passion is the artistry of hair and Hotlocks is here to help you achieve your perfect image. You can call us at 727-514-9978.
at a certain age, so this is supposed to happen. No, it's not supposed to happen. Hi everyone, welcome back into Primetime. I'm Barbara Marvel Kelly and with me is Andy Lyons from the Lyons Law Group. We're discussing real estate law, a big subject today. If you are a homeowner or thinking about delving into a home, you may want to come in and talk with uh, Andy because uh, he'll uh, offer a complimentary consultation to you. And I really think put any fears away and just... Uh, He's a great guy besides that. So thank you. <laughs> thanks for joining us today. <laughs> thank now you in for this me. Yeah, our pleasure, really. Let's in this last segment talk about what's happening in the real estate market today. What's amazing is that I'm seeing a repeat. And and anybody who has lived down here for 10 years or more knows exactly what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Um we're seeing all the new track homes being built. And if you drive anywhere around this area, there's an area of 54, the 54 corridor out oh, here. Yes. You see all of these new homes being built. Where are those jobs coming from? Mm -hmm. Where's the money coming from to buy these new houses? Um, well, that's the, that's the bubble again. That's, that's all of that money being driven into the economy and into the housing market by the banks with cheap and easy loans mm. um, that will artificially inflate the prices um, and will ultimately lead to the same crash. It has to repeat itself. Um, and it's interesting, you hear history repeats itself until you get old enough to start seeing it. Um, um, you begin to see the signs, right. um, and they're all around. For instance, there's, some, there's a concept called um, stated income or no document loans, where you can just say, hey, I earn $70,000 a year. They're doing that again? They're doing it again. They're oh, everywhere. Oh, wonderful. Yep. There's no money down loans. So you have people that are looking at the real, and now everybody wants to be a flipper, right? There's the people that buy the properties, fix them up, and sell them. Um, so you've got people buying multiple properties, um, which is great and wonderful and sustainable when everything is good. Um, but when the economy tanks and those properties are worth less than you've paid um, and you can't pull enough income out of the monthly to make the mortgage payment, the whole thing crumbles again. Um, so, and, and, and I'm hearing this from a lot of the leading experts out there that we are sort of on the cusp of the top of that bubble again, um, that it, it really isn't sustainable for more than another year or so. Um, so that's really what I'm anticipating. Um, as part of my law firm, I do title insurance work. We do closings, real estate closings. And I have seen a dramatic increase in the real estate closings over the last couple of years, mm -hmm. which says very clearly what's going on. People are buying and selling more houses. Um, and that's even evident from the market right now. I mean, you can talk to realtors who will tell you they're seeing offers on the day they list properties mm -hmm. for asking price. Mm -hmm. Well. I remember that from 2004, 5, and 6, before mm -hmm. we hit 2007. Mm -hmm. um, those same signs. Things mm -hmm. are selling right away. There's easy money. There's investors out there. Um, um, and they're building tons and tons of new houses, which are all selling. Um, so that kind of recipe in an area like this, I think, is tough. Uh, if, I think if we had more infrastructure and jobs to sustain that growth, that yes. would be something that would make me feel better about the sustainability of the market. But from a purely real estate market perspective, um, people maybe want to be thinking about what will be coming. There's ways to potentially get ahead of it. Um, I work with a lot of real estate investors as well who use my services to try and discuss certain properties or whether it's a good investment or not, uh, different investment strategies. Um, and I'm seeing them become more and more creative. I'm seeing them become looser and easier mm. and things are selling easier and quicker. Um, and that is not sustainable in my opinion. Um, so 
whether you're a real estate investor or whether you're a homeowner, the, the world looks very different. Um, um, and what I might advise one might be very different than the other, depending sure. on what the goals are. Sure. Um, but if you ask what's happening in the real estate market, it looks like roses right now. It, sure. It really does. Everything sure. is selling and it's a good time. And there's also no rental properties. That's a big thing in the area here. Um, it is impossible to find a rental, um, which says something about the housing market. Now. Right. Um, um, that's yet another indicator um, of, of, of what's to come. Um, so that if the reason for that is this, if you can't have any rental properties, it's very difficult to have a lot of jobs in the area. Mm -hmm. To require everybody who works in a given area to be a homeowner says that, that there's not enough money to sustain that, um, certainly not in this area. Um, so to strip the area of the rental properties um, makes it even harder to be here and to live here and to work here. Absolutely. Um, and I think that just is going to beget the problem. And you don't think it's the influx of all the transports from different states that's coming to Florida that can help support that? You know, it's interesting. What, what I've seen happen over the years is this. Someone will sell their house up in Connecticut and they'll come down with hundred or $150,000 on top of the house because things are less expensive. So they'll be able to get more house for less money sure. and bring the change. Right. The change lasts a year or two or three. But then what? It's not sustainable. So I do see a lot of transplants, especially because of the weather. Um, I see a lot of transplants and a lot of people coming down, but I'm not sure that there's a long-term plan. I'm not sure that we're thinking anywhere beyond two to three-year horizon, mm. or we'll figure it out then, or it's so cold up here, I don't care, I'm going. And I get that. Impulse. It, yeah, Impulse. Um, mm -hmm. I get that. Um, but then I often wonder, where are all the transplants going to work? Mm -hmm. Where is the jobs going to be to sustain this? Um, and we're seeing tremendous growth up the 41 corridor, out 54, Wesley Chapel. Um, uh, we're seeing growth in this area. Um, so um, that kind of expansion. Um, and, and another problem is created. In Florida, we have a lot of land. Okay, so I'm from Philadelphia. Go Eagles. <laughs> yeah, I had to do um, that. <laughs> uh, and growing up in Philadelphia, there's very little space. There's mm -hmm. very, you can't just build a whole nother section of track homes on a cow field somewhere. It right. doesn't exist. Right. Um, but here, if you don't like this neighborhood, just we'll just expand into the next field. Mm -hmm. uh, and you see those developments popping up and growing like crazy because yes. there's space, because there's yes. room. Um, and so if you're given the choice between having a, a brand new home or a home that's 10 to 20 years old for the same price, which do you want? You new want home. the new home. Absolutely. Um, and so that's exactly what we're seeing. Um, so the new homes are taken away from the existing sales, um, but only for a time. Um, for a time. Uh, only for until they're all built. Um, um, and what I saw happen last time is the builders would keep going and keep going and keep going until the market crashed. And then they just back off and stop. Yeah. Um, but we're still seeing them ramp up. We're still seeing the builders build. We're still seeing tons of houses go up. Um, it's just... People need to be very careful in what those loans look like. Mm -hmm. um, be very careful about what you're signing. Um, there's a lot of interest-only arms being sold, which says your mortgage payment is over 30 years, but the first 10 years you're, you have to pay interest only. No principal. It makes the payment really cheap. Sometimes, you know, 10, 20% of what a normal payment should be. But people get used to that, and that becomes their budget, and for the first five or ten years that's what they're paying but that arm is going to adjust at some point that payment's going to go up shock um, 
shock. And I see a lot of that. I see a lot of people coming to me after the arms adjust saying, well, I can't afford that. That's just too much. And that's fine. That's the modification. Um, I see a lot of modifications when the arm adjusts because the bank realizes it too. Sure. They sold you a product that was less than good way <laughs> back when. Right? Yeah. Predatory lending. Um, and now that that's adjusting, they know that that big payment's not sustainable. So they'll take what you owe over that next 20 years, spread it out over 40, lower the interest rate, and make the payment more sustainable. And everybody wins. Right. Um, but that that's become a focus for some of my clients um, um, in terms of going back to the bank. Because now we're seeing those 10-year arms. Remember, 10 years ago was when everything was that's, almost falling that's apart. right. Um, and so we're seeing all of that kind of come to a, a head now. Wow. There's so much I could keep you here yeah. all day and forever. <laughs> yeah. um, but what I would like to do is go ahead and put Andy's website up because it is just so full of really good information so that you can go there. He has a few videos that you can click on and just he's going to tell you in this video right here to just take a deep breath and you can go in for a complimentary consultation and you can see what he has on here the questions here click on on what to do and um, you know they keep calling you know your your bank or whatever and there's just a whole list of different questions and information that will really give you that upper edge and that education you can fill out fill in the blanks here and uh you're just you're just gonna love it fighting foreclosure that's a big thing modifying the mortgage you know when you're behind and um, information that i've learned just today and i've known andy goodness a lot of years a lot a lot of years and uh, so you know what make the choice yourself today and if it's not for you it might be for somebody else because i said right when we opened the show our house really is, that's where our heart is, is at home. We're raising a family, or maybe we're retired, we're in our retirement home, or maybe we're still working. A lot of baby boomers are still working out there by choice or by need, and we want to hang on to our home. Get the education, the legal education that you deserve, and Andy is one that I would trust with my mom, my sister, my brother, <laughs> my kids or whatever, because you've been, you know, in the industry now for, you know, 20 years. You've had your own law firm for 10 and you're very proud of how you fight back and you get the answers because if you're looking for somebody that has a presence with the banks, this man has the presence with the banks, and I don't think they want to mess with you, do they? They, they don't like me. They no. don't like you. That's and a good thing. They don't like me. That's good. And your home is where my heart is, too, with every one of my clients. Yes, um, yes. You know, I take it very seriously. I know you do. Yeah. I know you do. And yeah. I love that about you, and that's why you're here. Yeah. And hopefully we'll be able to have you come back, and we'll dig a little deeper. I would love to. All right. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. All right, and thank you for being with us. And uh, hopefully you will glean some information from our show today. It will be on Facebook. On I will be sharing it on my timeline at Barbara Ann Marville-Kelly, and also on Primetime on Facebook. So... Think about it and don't think too long because you never know. You may be able to save your home. You may be in a, in a much higher, a better situation than you were one hour ago. So thanks again for joining us here today on Primetime TV. I'm your host, Barbara Marville Kelly.